You found it, the Japanwort Podcast. Breathing hot air to the back end of Tokyo, I am your host, Matt Bigelow. Wow, listen to that crowd. I'm your co-host, Mike Rogers. <laughs> Mike Rogers here with you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever. Wherever the time may be, wherever you are listening. Last week, you berated me for my pronunciation, so I uh, uh, put on the affectations of a of a fake elite British person and delivered the oh, introduction. Oh, I thought that was an Indian accent. No, the Indian yeah. accent is more like this, <laughs> and it's where we have more people in Google. We have many Googlers talking like this these days, and it goes beyond just calling somebody. You know, we don't call many people anymore. So now they are no. Google. The call center is now Google. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. No, I was, it was like uh, one of those uh, middle-class British people who, who lived in India for several generations and then moved back to oh. Leeds. Oh, yeah. There's lots of those, I guess. Yes. So what's up? What's up today? Well, we got a lot. We got a lot to do today, man. We got a yep. lot to do today. I mean, uh, I think I may have even over-prepared a little bit. Um, oh. you know, of course we, we have a bit of a, a champagne problem. A what? A champagne problem. What, what is a champagne problem? It's when, I mean, it sounds kind of gorgeous. Well, it's when you, you have, you, you have to celebrate, but you have mm-hmm. too many bottles of champagne. So you don't oh. know which one to crack. Um, right. Last week we, we just went between me and you on the show. There was no guest. But then a whole bunch of people asked to be on the show. I recorded some interviews, and we got an interview oh. today. That's the champagne problem. There's, <clears throat> I, I oh, I, not... well, I, I thought you, I thought you meant that uh, champagne dealers in Japan were having a really big problem because they're not selling any champagne because of the COVID virus. Did you read about that? Uh, I well, we can only we we can put in because of the coronavirus for anything these days it's a standalone yeah. sentence well this, uh, i Did guess you hear about the table makers me. they're not doing very well because of the coronavirus i'm sure they're not <laughs> you can just put it in well, anyway I, I heard that a lot of big companies and a lot of big companies have their you know some kind of company parties or whatever they go somewhere and they always have a bottle of champagne but this year there's no no parties so the champagne makers are in desperate straits I hear. I don't like champagne. I don't drink this stuff. I mean, I might drink a sip, but I always get a headache the next day. So that's my biggest champagne problem. Oh, well, quite different from the champagne problem we are having today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Since, since we're going there, since we are going there indeed, um, we had like a, a huge amount of coronavirus uh, spikes in, in, in Tokyo this week. But I, I just wanted you to... Yeah, apparently. Um, but I, I just wanted to say that the, the testing has gone up. Um, a, one month ago, and that would be July 9th. July 9th, we had about mm, 7,000 tests nationwide. And Sorry about that. Just, yeah. It's just tests, not even positive tests, just tests. Uh-huh. But two days ago, we had 40,000 tests. Great. Yes, that's great. But then the cases go up as well. Of course. 
Um, but in the past month in Tokyo, even though we've been seeing 400 cases a day for several days on end at times, or more than 200 or 300 cases a day, the amount of deaths since the end of June in Tokyo, mm -hmm. maybe around 10. So, mm. you know, for, like we have 40,000 cases nationwide. We have most of that going on in Tokyo on average. Uh, even with all of that testing, the death rate still hasn't changed at all. So everybody talking about that second wave, you might be talking about second waves of cases now, but certainly not second waves of death. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we well, I'm, I'm still holding on for uh, my, myself to be in the newspaper. Uh, yeah. DJ dies, you know, coronavirus, but actually I die from drinking too much. <laughs> and you, you have like a picture of the coronavirus on your shirt and they're like, good enough, you know. Actually, yeah. the good thing about Japan is it's fastidious. Uh, I was going to say something smart, one of those smart words. Uh, they're very fastidious in terms of mm. data. It's part of like the, the culture in Japan. So the, the fact that these numbers are, are as low as they are, I, I don't think it's some sort of um, conspiracy. I think it's kind of the way it's going. Mm. Well, well then. Well then, indeed. Um, check this out. At Okayama Station in western Japan, a thermography camera is being used to ensure the traveler's temperatures are not above 37.5 degrees Celsius. The train operator says the occupancy rate for non-reserved seats on many lines are below 20%. The company says it's not expecting any major congestion on return trips. There we go. More of the... So, yeah. you're, they're talking about Obon. Obon, summer holidays. Summer holiday season in Japan. And it, usually the whole country relies on, on Tokyo evacuating its, its, its cramped spaces to re, for the, yeah. the salarymen to return to their homelands. But not this year. But did you catch no. the AI involved in that in that little news report there? Well, I but okay, yeah, I did, and I have a problem with that. They say thirty-seven point five. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a fever, isn't it? Isn't isn't over thirty-seven a fever? Yeah, I, technically. I it was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always fever. kind of low, thirty-six point two. Um, I go to the doctor and they check my temperature. They're like. Are, are you feeling okay? You're you're really low. It's like I'm always low. I'm a lizard person. <laughs> but the, but the, um, the, 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 the cameras wife. that they got in the station, Mike, the, it's a mm. smartphone type of thing, and it has it, it, mm. it puts a box around your head with your temperature above it. So they have the ability to use a a heat camera, a thermographer, on a separate camera, and then apply it onto a. A uh, normal camera with your face in a box with the temperature on it above you, so they can monitor your temperature in public in real time. Mm. Well, my <clears throat> my wife, uh, I would get this wouldn't have anything to do with us, but my wife said this year we will not go to her parents' house uh, for Obon. Obon's the summer holiday. Shinto religion believes that the the spirits of the dead come back home and. For that one day and visit the family so we're not going to isehara this year this will be the first year in 16 years no probably in 20 years that we haven't gone there for summer holiday are you bummed out dude well actually i am you know um 
there's nothing to do there in Isehara. Most it, of Japan, very... there's nothing to do, actually. <laughs> so, so what, I, I got to tell you about my, okay, I've been talking about my drinking. I got to tell you about my drinking. I just it's got scolded this oh. morning. <laughs> What's that? I just got scolded this morning. Oh, by your wife? Yeah. Oh, for, for drinking? For snoring because of drinking. Oh, snoring. Be- yeah. Yes, uh, drinking will cause you to snore. It causes me to snore. But anyway, this is many years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And we went to my mother and father-in-law's house. These people are very conservative. They do not drink. They do not smoke. They do not play pachinko. They do not do anything. So if you go out to the countryside, if you don't drink, smoke, or play pachinko, there's not much to do. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. So, so on New Year's Day... I walked down about a kilometer away and I bought two big cans, 500 milliliter cans of beer. I brought them back home and I was sitting at the the dining table drinking them. And my mother-in-law sits in front of me with a very worried look on her face. Are you okay? You you, you are right. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. You know, my friends and I will drink like 10 of these. Don't worry (laughs) about it. Don't worry about it. You know? And, um, then later on, maybe about 11 in the morning, my wife gets mad at me. She's pissed off. Why are you drinking at, at our house? And I was like, well, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? Meditate? Said, don't drink. Yeah, don't drink. Don't drink in front of my parents. So I said, okay, okay. I won't drink in front of your parents. <laughs> Jesus. So I walked back down to the 7-Eleven, down this hill for you know the kilometer and i buy a beer can of beer and i'm standing there at the parking lot of the 7-eleven just kind of standing there looking out over the rice fields and stuff and thinking like man there ain't shit to do here (laughs) there's nothing to do here so i'm standing there drinking this beer and here comes this car down the road and i'm I'm looking at the car and i'm thinking god that looks that look kind of car looks kind of familiar and i take a swig of beer and then i realize right when the car passes in front of me both the driver and the passenger side person are just staring at me, gawking at me with their mouths wide open. It was my mother and father-in-law. <laughs> and they were like, oh, Mike really does have a drinking problem. He's drinking outside. And so I go, I go home and my wife, you know, maybe three or four hours later, gets really mad at me and says, don't drink outside the house. Because my parents think like, the neighbors are going to see you and they're really going to know that you have a drinking problem. And it's like, well, I do have a drinking problem. So what, yeah. what's the problem here? Yeah. She says, well, drink, drink in the house. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I you know, I just, I'll go to bed. <laughs> I go to bed. Every time I go there, I go to bed like, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. I hear it's that wonderful. a lot. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> after, after a few days, no wonder everyone just moves to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the fact that they got these uh, AI cameras in the stations monitoring our temperatures now, and we got one is more. It, is it, is it so bad that they need to have AI equipment in the stations and you know what everybody is using this uh coronavirus as a chance to do something else that has nothing to do with the virus itself 
Have you noticed that? No. Everyone's like, yeah. well, it's been a really good way for me to kind of shift my way of thinking. It, it, but they talk about uh, like a pandemic as if it's the Spanish flu from 1917 where you got stacks and stacks of bodies lining the streets all over the world. But everyone's like, this pandemic yeah. is really, it's like the hippie uh, pandemic for people to consider their lives instead of a, a death pandemic. It's it's very strange, very uh, selfish. But there's just like, yeah. it's just like 9-11 had the Patriot Act the very next day. This is very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing with my generation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a '90s kid, is the like I I will never forget the way that the world governments reacted after 9/11. We gotta go to Afghanistan. It's like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> Why do we gotta go after Afghanistan? That's where the terrorists mm. come from. And it looks like a kind of like a kind of a shithole to me. I'm not sure if that's where we should be spending <laughs> trillions of dollars. No, we got to go. You know, this is kind of similar to that. Oh, we have this pandemic. I don't really see a lot of people dying. No, we need AI cameras everywhere. Uh, really? Are you, are you <laughs> sure about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe me, we're very, very sure. All right. Um, but with all of these people staying at home. Guess what is doing well in this pandemic? Japanese gaming giant Nintendo saw earnings surge in the latest quarter as many people stayed home amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The company says sales in the April to June period stood at 358 billion yen, or about $3.4 billion. That's more than double the figure in the same period of 2019. Net profit was about $1 billion, a jump of more than six times from last year. Sales of the Switch console were robust. Its game software, Animal Crossing, became a smash hit, selling more than 10 million copies during the three months. There we go. Nintendo coming wow. in from behind, making billions did, of dollars I'm, off of the pandemic. Did, I've never even heard of that software before. The Switch. What the guys switch is that what it, it's it called is? a switch it's kind of like a kid yep. friendly it's very portable and uh one of the reasons why it's popular is that you don't get a lot of like hyper sexual violence on those platforms wow. so you can kind of give hey, it to your kid speaking of hypersexual seen... violence yeah mike <laughs> yeah you know i i'm an old person so i play um sometimes i play solitaire on my iphone yes i, I don't play these other games but and they have these commercials, you know. If you finish game or whatever, then they have these commercials before the next game. I have seen some pretty shocking games. Games where like um, there's a person locked in some kind of chamber, and you have to save him before hot boiling red hot acid falls on him. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's there's these pins you got to pull out with your fingers. Yeah, yeah. These pins you got to pull out. Have you and ever played those games? One. No, me neither. I want. I, I think I, that I'm just. I think that these games were made by the uh, iPhone companies or smartphone companies so that they can track how your fingers move across the display, so that they can collect the data of of how your fingers move on screens. And then I wait. I, I saw another one where um, uh, I guess it's either a junior high school girl or a high school girl. She's hung herself outside yeah. the classroom and it's i'm like is this for real I, you know i'm not a i'm not a, a person that's like, yeah, don't let your kids play the game let you let your kids play whatever game they want you know what's called a uh, grand theft auto or whatever yeah man i don't think that's killing simulators yeah so but i just kind of thought that is such a grotesque 
And, you know, suicide is a kind of a, a social problem in this country that yeah. is so grotesque that I was just kind of shocked to see that. So anyway, um, you know, I'm, we're getting old and the, the, <laughs> the young people want to have games where girls are hanging in themselves, I guess. They always do, my friend. They always do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, that's loud. Let's turn that down. So we got a guest coming up, but before we do, please, yeah. everybody, remember, you can always get this podcast at MatthewPMBigelow.com. I am Shadowband on Facebook. So please yeah. do everything you can to help us out. Uh, I have a blog there and also a Tokyo AI, the Artificial Intelligence Podcast, which I also update from time to time. Uh, please enter Japan What Podcasts into any search and start streaming on almost any platform out there. How about you, Mike? Um, I, I, I would share and like your Facebook post, but... I'm kind of disappointed that when I like it or share it, and then it's blocked by Facebook, <laughs> and then no one sees it. I think, like, is this for real? That's why I think, you know, Matt, you should change your name, change your name, and change the name of the podcast to The Mike Rogers Show. <laughs> <laughs> Available worldwide on uh, multiple platforms from the internet, I believe. All right. Well, let's go to our guest. We have a guest today, and uh, he's waiting in the in the docket here. So I think we're just gonna just gonna go. We're just gonna do this. Thing. Here we go. Peter Tasker is an analyst with Tokyo-based Arcus Research. He has written for the Nikkei Asian Review and articles published in japanforward.com. He has also written and published the book uh, On Kurosawa, a tribute to the master director. And he has also published recently, After Hong Kong, Tokyo Could Be the Next Asian Financial Hub. Is Japan ready? Peter Tasker, welcome to the show. Uh, pleased to be here, Matthew. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good, All right. Good. So, um, Peter, I believe you are zooming in from the south of France, central France. Yeah, it's the southwest of France. It's a part of the world where there are considerably more ducks than human beings. Um, so it's you know I'm in good company here. Sounds good. And before we get into the interview, I, I would uh, it would be a waste not to ask, what's the situation with COVID where you are and how are the general population and yourself dealing with it? Well, the ducks are fine as far as I can tell, but uh, in France as a whole, um, it seems to be um, sort of coming under control after having a, a pretty torrid time in May and June. So I think it's better. Um, the, the lockdown and all that has gone, so um, it's it's not disappeared entirely, but running at a much lower ebb. In in Tokyo, it's much the same. We get a lot of news reports, but people in general are still wearing a lot of masks. But that's t standard fare in Tokyo, and I see a lot more people kind of edging their way into restaurants and you know taking seats out uh, outside cafe tables and and trying to get back to it as well but there is still this thing like is the second wave coming you know 
Yeah, well, you know, even here in France, in the south of France, you've got to wear a mask now if you go to a restaurant or if you're going to a shop or public transport. So, you know, it's masks are literally everywhere. The reason why I'm asking is because um, one of the things that I've noticed as a result of the COVID-19 coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, I noticed depending where you publish or depending where it uh, the region, people use it interchangeably or not. But Wuhan city in China was kind of a global choke point for everything that everybody ever needed suddenly i didn't know about wuhan before this and after the um covid crisis i noticed a kind of a supply chain issue there and then uh, i was reading your article published in japanforward.com about after hong kong tokyo could be the next asian financial hub is japan ready um do you it's it's kind of related to supply chains, but how do you expect this new Hong Kong um, extradition law or security law, whatever they want to call it, to be impacting uh, supply chains or Japan? Yeah, well, I don't think uh, that's going to be a direct impact. Um, but, you know, the whole Hong Kong thing is a major story, but we got a lot of major stories in the world at the moment. So it's, you know, it's hard to, to place sometimes. So it seems like everything's happening at once. Um, but, uh, you know, on, on the sort of overall uh, Hong Kong situation, uh, as, as you know, there, there was a deal between uh, uh, the, the UK and uh, mainland China, which was negotiated in the 1980s and came into effect in 1997, which was that there would be one country, two systems. In other words, uh, Hong Kong would be from then on part of China, but it would be allowed to maintain its uh, pre-existing system for 50 years. And uh, what's happened um, really over the past uh, few months, few weeks, in fact, is that uh, China has junked that. He's driven a truck through that agreement. And um, as a result of that, they brought in you know, the security law, uh, which um, overrides that uh, agreement, uh, the international agreement, and has got you know, some, some really quite, um, uh, what you might call it, um, uh, or Orwellian uh, elements to it, uh, so you know you can you, you're up for life in imprisonment for subversion and secessionary talk, which can uh, which you you can do anywhere in the world. It's not it doesn't even have to do it on Hong Kong. So uh, if a, uh, a Hong Kong a Hong Konger uh, was in the U.S. and uh, spoke. Uh, about um, Hong Kong independence there, they could be um, put in jail for the rest of their lives on their return. That's just one example of the uh, rightly called draconian uh, uh, law that, that, that has been brought in. So... I heard... Oh. Yeah, so I was going to Go say, ahead. you know, Hong Kong has no longer got the two systems. It's really a huge game-changer. So I, I heard that um, not not only would it be the person who who uh, uttered such um, 
anti-government, whatever. And not only that person, but their families are also on the hook. Yeah, I think that that's that's quite possible. And um, of course, that is largely the state of affairs in mainland China itself anyway. Um, But they're extended Mm. it into uh, Hong Kong. And uh, Hong Kong is not as important to China as it used to be. It's now roughly just, you know, China's now so huge. Um, it's really uh, it's got, got 7 million people uh, there. It's a very prosperous city, but China doesn't really need it in the same sense that it used to in the 90s and in the noughties. So they decided to crack down and... Uh, really, um, as I said, is a game changer for the f- future of Hong Kong. But uh, as we know, this is not just a Hong Kong story. It's in the whole, you know, the, 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 the whole uh, great power rivalry, the U.S. and China, and the, the whole change in, in, in the weather that we've seen on that particular topic. So uh, Hong Kong is kind of part of this huge story. And Japan is also part of it because, um, you know, they're in the region for keeps. <laughs> They've got no choice. Um, so uh, it's, it's a kind of a major story. And um, uh, uh, we've seen for several years now that uh, some um, kind of somewhat visionary, idealistic, or I don't know what you want to call it, dreamers in Japan have said, well, we should have a global financial center. But in reality, they've never really taken it too seriously because um, it's, it, it would be difficult in, in many ways and it would require a lot of changes um, in regulations and in tax and visas and not least in language because generally, you know, the, the, the you'd have to have a uh, a kind of uh, ecosystem of English speaking um, uh, uh, business, businesses, small businesses, which support the big businesses like you do in Hong Kong and you do in Singapore. So you need to make all these changes. But of course, Japan could do it if it wants to. And uh, this is the, the issue now really uh, with Hong Kong Perhaps, not perhaps, I think almost certainly, you know, the, the, the curtains are closing. Um, is Japan going to try and make itself appealing uh, and to take over some of those functions um, and to kind of, you know, make itself a, a player uh, in that area, which uh, so far hasn't been the case? So um, in your 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 theory or whatever it is. So why not Singapore? Why Japan? Or is this some kind of wish of Japan? Yeah, 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 is yeah. this your observation or what is it? Well, yeah, I mean, Singapore is the obvious place, but it's pretty much, you know, it's packed out already at Singapore mm-hmm. and has, it's also serving, uh, it's, it's, it's well geographically located for India and, um, uh, and China as well, of course, um, but it, it's not um, ideally uh, um, located for uh, dealing with uh, the U.S., for example, um, in, just in terms of travel. 
a um, long way away. Um, but uh, Singapore ha has uh, is is clearly a you know if we're talking about international financial centres, um, mm -hmm. generally those that are historically it's history like London and New mm -hmm. York and New York's got a sort of enormous domestic market uh, financial market. So that's why New York is, is New York and London uh, because it's uh, central and it's it's been there for uh, bu building on that uh, expertise and and tradition you know for, for, for three four hundred years so then you've got these city states like Singapore and Hong Kong they're a little bit different uh, so uh, they kind of specialize if they if they didn't have finance they'd be very different places uh, mm -hmm. finance, real estate and other businesses which are coming in from overseas generally so they create they, they they're a sort of welcoming um uh, locale for businesses of all sorts including finance uh so japan is not like that as we know but it could be and uh, and if they wanted to be uh and they wanted to be a a more global country and to have a bigger reach uh, they could, uh, so you'd need, you know, it'd be a more cosmopolitan Japan, and you know this is kind of happening to some extent already um, on a small scale. Uh, we got two million foreign workers uh, in Japan now, and that's a, a big increase, a doubling, really over the past so six, six, seven years. So you know things are changing uh, as we know. Uh, uh, so. But to, to do something uh, uh, in the financial area like this, uh, you'd have to get everybody on board. You'd have to get all the, you know, somebody who can actually make all the different bureaucracies and client groups, bring them on board and want to do it. So it's a difficult job, but it's certainly not impossible. And uh, I, I, I actually think it's worth trying. And uh, uh, there are a lot of people um, in uh, in Hong Kong who have, uh, who have a, got, a, got a big a kind of admiration for Japan. It's a kind of uh, it's a it's a sort of a mark of status almost in Hong Kong to be a Japanophile and to know all the all the cool things about Japan. You know, it's something that could happen. You'd have to roll out the uh, welcome mat and you have to uh, appeal to people's self-interest because you know in terms of how you deal with taxes and stuff like that um, so you know it, it, it could happen uh, I hope it does but I'm not going to bank on it donate to the Japan what podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash japan wut All right, and that was the interview. Because of our champagne problem, I'm just going to leave it open. Open interview. Yeah. The reference yeah. will make sense after the, the post. Leave it in the air. Leave it in the air. It's open. Yeah. It's open in the air. Uh, so how would you escape hmm. Tokyo if you had to? Well, we used to go to Hokkaido every summer. Uh, I mean, if, 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 uh, you know, if there's like a re like not escape the heat, like five ways to beat the heat. Now I'm talking about shit's going down and you got to get out of town. 
<clears throat> would you okay, hole up in your home? A... Would you would you go down the back streets? Would you go to the the security evacuation area? What would what would what would be your your policy here, Mike? Okay, well, um, actually, I'm I'm a good person to ask about that. I I believe in being prepared. So first off, the most important thing that you can do is have a lot of water at your house. So um, we have, let me, well, I don't know. We have maybe 120 liters of water down in our basement. It's a good start. We are one of the one of the few, I think one of the few Japanese houses that have a basement. That's awesome. Very, yes, we have a basement, and we have food stored down there. And when the March 11th disaster happened, the 2008 economic disaster happened we were prepared i mean when march 11th happened um we went to the grocery store and there was like a massive line yeah that that was the fukushima accident yeah yeah and i was i said to my wife let's forget it let's go let's go and then i I thought wait a minute no i want to see i want to see this so we went into the store and it, it wasn't like japan people were like arguing and fighting with each other and we went over to where the water usually is and there there were no there was no water yeah no water no tea nothing and people were like arguing with each other you know about you know i was in front of you or whatever and then um anyways it just made me really realize how when things get desperate how desperate people will get yes and um, so the other the other thing that I think it's very important, and I know most people don't own a car, but we, we have a car. And if my car gets down lower than three quarters of a tank of gas, that's fill up time. Never let your car <laughs> go down to like almost empty. That is dangerous because on March 11th, when the earthquake happened that morning, I went to fill the car up. So we were filled with gas, and then for I don't know two or three weeks, it was difficult to get gas, and we didn't go anywhere. But um, if we wanted to take off and go to Osaka or something like that, then we would have been okay. We'd have had enough gas to do that. So you're the, the you're the type of guy that says stock up and stay at home and wait. You're not the type of person who immediately bolts out the door. No, and I also think that. If the government says, like, you know, we have an evacuation center here, come to this evacuation center, never go there. And the reason be, you never go there. And this happened after the big Nagoya earthquake. Um, Once you get inside that place, they won't let you leave. Yeah, I don't trust them. Yeah, the government, it's just just the way of the government. They have to have paperwork on everything. So if you come in, they're going to write your name down and whatever give you a little stall and you're going to stay there until they can be sure that you have a place to go. If you just tell them I'm leaving, going here, that's not good enough. So you don't want to get in a situation where you're stuck in a concentration camp. I hate to say it, Whoa! but that happened after the, after the Nagoya earthquake, uh, a woman or well, several women uh, went to the, uh, evacuation center and months later they were still there and they wouldn't let them leave i think you could just leave i'm not sure how i would handle that that situation i'm 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 kind of with you the, the stay at home but if things got really bad i would probably stick to the side streets now listen to this there were 11.95 million drivers aged 70 years or older 
making up 14.5% of the total number of licenses in Japan. The number of elderly drivers compares with 130,000 senior drivers in 1975 and 800,000 in 1985. Meanwhile, the annual report found that the number of deaths caused by traffic accidents fell to 3,000, the lowest since comparable data became available in 1948. But those caused by drivers 65 age or older totaled 55.4%. So if things get bad and you have 10 million senior citizen drivers on the road age 70 years or older, it, it, it kind of compiles onto this evacuation conundrum. Yeah. Well, I don't remember if um, the March 11th, well, actually it started March 15th when the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant blew up. I, I don't know if we were ordered, we weren't ordered to evacuate, were we? No, I don't remember that. I remember that nobody knew what was going on, just like now. Everybody's kind of yeah. posturing <laughs> themselves like, hey, we know what's going on, but actually nobody knows what's going on. It's like, why yeah. Why is Bill Gates telling me to take a vaccine? He's not a doctor. I'm going to go listen to these doctors on YouTube. Nope, I can't. They're banned because nobody knows what's going on. Did you hear about the Democratic congressman who said, um, wait a minute, I got to I gotta check. What is it called? He, the medicine, hydro, oh, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, he says that. Um, he says within days he was able to breathe. New York City Democratic Councilman says hydroxychloroquine saved his life. Hydroxychloroquine. Whatever. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 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 a very standard medicine. If you look at the history, it's only because it's for some reason everything's political and nobody knows what they're talking about yet. They talk yeah, about it all Trump the time. Said to do it. <laughs> it's, it's Trump said to do it. Well, and it's cheap, and the pharmaceutical yeah. industries can't make billions of dollars. Now that's kind of getting into the theory that people would say conspiracy. But let's put a billion dollars on your table and tell you a way to get it and see if you don't murder a few people in your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to finish up here because I got to get to the newspaper okay. today. Uh, we got another Stupid Gaijin of the Week today. Oh, no. Stupid Gaijin of the Week. Stupid Gaijin, best G-O-T-W. Yes, she's all woke right. up. They're always really dumb. Uh, but, you know, luckily today we, we won't be accused of racism. Uh, Shizuoka Prefecture Police have arrested four people, including an American English teacher, for allegedly mm -hmm. carrying out a ruse known as international romance fraud. According to Hamamatsu, uh, Hamamatsu Higashi Police Station, two of the suspects are teacher Mike Taro Otani, 42, who works at an Eikaiwa school, and Miharu Hirose, 38, a naturalized Japanese, formerly a national of New Zealand, both of whom live in Tokyo. The pair, along with two male Nigerians living in Saitama Prefecture, including Elvis Sochima, 22, are alleged to have worked together to pose as American service personnel on Facebook and swindling male and female Japanese nationals seeking relationships. They've defrauded people over probably, allegedly, 100 million yen, or about a million dollars, uh, after, you know, various scams uh, that they conducted. And there we go. So... Uh, very, very diverse, diverse crime syndicate 
So I spent a lot of time trying to trying to trying to nail down something that would fall in line with our our the Japan Watch diverse policies that we've initiated uh, ever since Nike came out with their recent so, advertising so campaign. So there, these two English teacher, teachers' crime is fraud in that they're not military. That's their crime. Uh, they're not military, and they may have just been setting up people with like scams, like the. The desperate men of the internet looking for love online. But is that a crime? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Is it a crime is or a is crime? it a business opportunity? Exactly. Yeah. You know, two people get into a contract voluntarily. But they're not American service personnel. They're Aikawa yeah, so teachers. That's, 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 that's the scam. Yeah. The fraud part. That's where the law can actually come in and, and well, put their finger and then on. I got a problem. I got a problem with why in the hell would any Japanese want to date someone who gets paid eighty dollars a week from New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Asian peso. The yeah, I know. Uh, a Kaiwa. I did a Kaiwa for one year. And I, I vowed never to do it again. It's oh wait, no no I'm talking about military. Oh, they get paid eighty dollars. Well, senseis get paid more than eighty dollars. Well, I, I, I thought you were denigrating God. the the Kaiwa <laughs> teacher because let's face it. No, no, I, you know maybe Aikai was not not greatest job in the world, but at least it, it's a job. Yes. And the same can be said for the military, but the military guys living on the base. They get paid like $80 a week. Not a lot of dosh going on there. But they, they no. did they did manage to get a million dollars. I mean, a million dollars between four people. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's 250 grand. That's a lot of money. So, yeah. that, so maybe the maybe the service men and women of the American Empire should be paid a little bit more so that they can avoid uh, turning and turning. No, wait, these people weren't American servicemen. <laughs> they weren't that at all. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is Nigerian names. Because a lot of um, regions of Africa, especially around Nigeria, their pronunciation mm. of names and places is very similar mm. to Japanese pronunciation. But then there's also oh. kind of a, a, a an American pop influence there. So this guy's mm. name, the, the Nigerian gentleman living in Saitama Prefecture, his name was Elvis Sochima. Ah. So it sounds like El it's like a... No, no, no. Not El Elvis. 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 Sochima. <laughs> but there we go. I've never really gone down the crime road in, in Japan, and it really seems like um really stupid. If you want to be a stupid gaijin of the week, do these ridiculous hey, crimes in Japan. I committed a crime the other day. Did you jaywalk? No, no, no. I, I went to the store to buy... Um, a lighter and cigarettes, and I, I picked up the lighter, you know, the convenience store. I picked up the lighter, stood in the line for like, there was like 10 minutes, and then I started like looking for my wallet, and then I got up to the front of the line, it said the tobacco I wanted, got the tobacco, paid, and then I walked out. And then I realized when I got home that I had put the lighter in my pocket, and I... I you know, I was a criminal for 24 hours because the next day I went back and said, hey, I, I took, took this lighter and I paid them their 116 yen or whatever it was. Oh, did they mind? Well, no, they. I'm a regular there. I go there all the oh, time. All the time. So you just kind of went <laughs> so, in and forgot. 
Yeah. yeah. So, but sometimes would, you gotta switch up shit. the convenience stores because sometimes you get really hammered and you go in and you pee your pants and you can't go back to that one again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that is Stupid Gadget of the Week. Stupid Gadget S G O T W. Okay. Uh, all right, and that's going to conclude this. Oh, yeah. Did you have something to say, Mike? No, no. I just no. thank you and see you back here next week. See you back here next week. This has been the Japan Web Podcast with your host, Matt Bigelow. Go to MatthewPMBigelow.com for all your Japan What needs. And we're on most major platforms, so make sure to give us a like, a share on Facebook, and visit the uh, guests as well, what they are doing to help spread the word about what we're doing here. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today. Have a great week, and see you next time. wear my mask and wash my hands after going home.